So what's new, Gunner? So uh, I've got one good idea, I think, and then I've got a recommendation. Which do you want first? Uh, Let's go with the the good idea. Good idea. I think this is a good idea. So I'd be meaning to take Soren camping. He's getting old enough where, you know, where we could go camping um, and have it not be uh, uh, too odious a task. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I got a, uh, so I ordered a tent and I ordered him a sleeping mm-hmm. bag and I, I got a tent that has like a, it's like mesh on the top. So it's kind of like a skylight situation. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. got the footing for the tent and all, all the gear. And, mm-hmm. uh, my plan is this weekend, uh, that we are going to camp out in the backyard. So this is the first time we've done mm. this. Um, right. And I think he's going to love it. I think he's going to love it. Yeah. And yep. my, my conditions of success though, are, first of all, I want him to love camping out, but then also uh-huh. I think if I can get him to start using that tent as like a home base in the backyard for uh-huh. doing like exploring in nature, making collections, sorting things. If he has a, like a little workspace back there, um, I think uh-huh. I could get him kind of semi-autonomous in the backyard. That's my, that's my plan. Mm. That's my Okay. Plan. Yeah, I haven't. We used to go camping several times uh, a year in the summer and all that. We haven't done it for a long time, but yeah, we did that with Lauren, and it was great. Um, you know, it was for her. It was all about the s'mores. Yeah, you sure. know, so make yeah. make sure you you know that's all part of the the thing. And uh, but yeah, it's it's surprising. You know, when you do like the parks and you know just to rent a campground space and everything, it's you know it's pretty reasonable and it's it's just a lot of fun yeah yeah and i remember really enjoying camping when i was a kid um and so yeah hopefully i can uh, pass it on to him that'd be nice okay yep yeah so what about uh um your recommendation yeah but so my recommendation is a is a book called uh duck death and the tulip by wolf earlbrook um and so we'll put a link to that in the show notes but basically it's a really sweet and thoughtful story about a duck and his Mm -hmm. relationship with death. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it is not gloomy. It's very sweet. And Mm -hmm. it does a very good job at kind of integrating the notion of death into your conception of life. um, Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. So death is just presented as, um, death is presented as this kind of constant presence for duck and they end up becoming mm-hmm. friends. Um, and they end up enjoying each other's company. Um, and then death takes care of duck when duck finally passes away. It's very sweet. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, a little less serious or severe than what I imagine other books about death might be for children. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 And you, you read a couple of pages to me and it, it was like, it was pretty cool. The drawings and all that are cool. Um, but I like, I can imagine if you got the audiobook version, depending <laughs> upon who read the audiobook, it yes. could go wrong in a, in a, a bad way. I, give me, hit me up with like an elsewhere engine version of, uh, a couple pages. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't want to put the explicit rating on the show on this episode, but, <laughs> um, all right. but I'll give you a, I'll, I'll give you one of my favorite lines here. Um, 
Duck uh, Duck is is meeting Death, and he uh, he he asks Death, um, "Are are you going to make something happen?" See here, Duck is worried about his well being, and Death says, "Oh no, life takes care of that. The coughs and the colds and all the other things that happen to you, ducks, foxes, for example." See, so it's it's the book is very it's uh, it's very calm, very measured. It's kind of it's, its tongue is slightly in its cheek. Um, I just I I love this thing. I've been recommending it to everybody. It's great. Nice. Yeah. How about you? What's going on? I finally was able to go for a motorcycle ride on Saturday. Hey, so, good oh, for you. It was, it was great. It was, fun. you know, it was like almost hit 70 degrees here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. I went 100 miles. Wonderful. Very nice. Very nice. Yep. I know that's a... Uh... Totally. Yeah. No, it totally like clears the cobwebs out of your head and everything. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, when we go through the show, but yeah, we did that. And, um, we were at a treadmill cause my wife likes to, you know, go to the gym and get on a treadmill and hasn't been able to do that. So it's like, and I've been, it's like, yeah, we should get one. Um, and, and the other part too, is that I, I like, I've been walking around the neighborhood so much that I feel creepy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people would look out the window and say, Oh, it's that guy again. You know, it's like, you know, what's going on? You know? So, um, yeah, so it's like having the, having the treadmill, I think would be good. And, um, and, and the other thing too, is like, like with my dog, he doesn't want to go as far as he used to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I end up having this appetite to go further and, you know, listen to audio books or things like that. So I could imagine being on the treadmill and maybe reading a book or, or, um, uh, uh, listening to, uh, audio books and stuff like that. I'm, I'm uh, something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, one, one thing I've, I always enjoyed uh, on treadmills and, and elliptical machines is, uh, for some reason that's the, those are the perfect conditions for me to read the economist. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you get in that zone. Yeah. You get in that zone and then you get like in the, in the, you know, you don't, you're not reading about the same thing for more than like two or three pages, you know, kind of like moves quickly. Um, feels enormously productive when you're done. It's nice. And when you read on a treadmill, it's not, you can do it. It's not like you're flopping around all over the place and when you're running. Or, oh no, or... yeah, no. When, when you're running, I can't. I can't read when I'm running. But like you know, walking or an elliptical. That's yeah. That's a. I definitely read when I'm. I actually have to read if I'm if I'm walking on a treadmill or, or an elliptical. I'll drive myself insane and just trying to listen to music or something like that. Yeah. 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 And I was thinking too. It's like I spend so much time just sitting there watching Netflix or something. At least I could be on a treadmill watching Netflix. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. That's great. That's great. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, did you ever own a treadmill? No, no. I've, I, I don't, I've never had space for a treadmill. Um, I got mm-hmm. space for like a folding, uh, stationary bike, which I use instead. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, no, I never had, never had space for a treadmill. Yeah. Cause this like, uh, I don't know if this is like atypical, but it's like 300 pounds. And so, and I, I ordered it from some company where, you know, it's like, I could go, I can go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy it, mm-hmm. um, and do like curbside pickup, but I don't even know if it would fit in my car. So <laughs> it's like, seriously. Yeah. And then, then what do you do? And then, so it's like, all right, I ordered it right from the manufacturer and then they will deliver it quote unquote curbside, mm-hmm. um, where I originally had the options of, they would put it in the room or they would completely assemble it but 
due to COVID, they're only doing curbside now. Right. So I'm kind of worried that it's like they drop off this 300-pound thing at the end of the driveway and it's raining and, you know, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, maybe that maybe that's your uh, that's your first exercise with the machine is is uh, yes. maybe you and your wife carrying it into the house, right? Or you and Lauren? Yeah, and then yeah. I'll injure my back and not be able to use it. That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, that's great. Good for you, uh, Dave. What, what are we talking? What are we talking about this week? Yeah, so we've we've had this one uh, in in the chamber for a while. Uh, there's a uh, Cal Newport. Uh, wrote a book mm-hmm. called Digital Minimalism, where you know he wrote that deep workbook that we talked about a little bit while ago. So I mm-hmm. figured uh, here's an opportunity for us to chat about that. Yeah, well, that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. So, Dave, if folks want links to um, your uh, your treadmill selection or uh, or to uh, Duck Death and the Tulip, uh, what mm-hmm. website should they go visit? I don't know, Gunner. Where should we send them? Gunfon it. Ah. DGshow.org. Keeping the streak alive. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So D is in Dave, G is in Gunnershow.org. That's the website. Yep. Yeah. And so for the cutting room floor, um, yeah, we just got one thing in the spirit of minimalism. Um, we just have this, um, it looks like a giant die, you know, like like dice, like singular mm-hmm. die. Um, but it looks like it's made out of flesh. And there, instead of the number one, it's an eyeball that blinks at you. You, you showed this to me, and it's. Uh, I had two thoughts. First, it's like a prop from a Guillermo de, Guillermo de Tomo, del Toro movie, um, yes. or uh, a Lovecraftian horror. Yes. Well, it reminded me a lot of. Remember when we talked about the um, the flesh uh, user interfaces for like phone cases and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So this could be. You know, you get one of these blinking eye dies. Um, I would say it would be good for like a, a key signing party, but you, probably the twenty side die crowd would be more up for that. <laughs> twenty. So I don't know if they make them. Twenty unblinking eyes. Yeah, that's what I. That's what <laughs> no, we these mean. blink. You gotta, <laughs> you're wasting your money if they don't blink. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that anywhere near my house. Um, okay, digital minimalism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, did. Did you get a chance to read it? Uh, no, I did not. At the library, it is still on hold. So popular is this book. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I recommend it. Um, you know, one of the things, and uh, a lot of this stuff here that they talk about is like, I think it succinctly uh, sum- summarizes what we've been talking about for years, right? Where. You know, like uh, one of the things that they, they that he talks about is uh, social media is the equivalent of junk food mm-hmm. where and but what was interesting that he talked about in the book is that if you go back in time, you know, the, the same crotchety people said, oh, it's the same thing with newspapers. And when radio came out, oh, it's radio is going to rot everybody's brain. And I, I remember the television era where, you know, my grandmother would be like, oh, you're watching too much television. And um you know, or cigarettes and gum chewing and, you know, and all that, just saying that it's, it's terrible for you. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Or it's yeah. like, and it, or we always, we always get that story when we haven't as a culture or society built like compensating mechanisms around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. like uh, television, for example, like I'm sure television watching um, was out of control 
was wildly out of control probably until we finally all reckoned with the fact that like, you know, watching TV six hours a day is probably not good for anybody. And then, yes. uh, and it didn't, didn't prevent people from doing it, but at least like help them feel bad about it and then maybe find some other things to do. Um, so, uh, probably likewise with, uh, with radio and I suspect newspapers or, uh, even using pencils, right? Um, like it seems like anything that, uh, any technology that gets, uh, uh, that creates culture gets commoditized ends up feeling like a threat to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but he's right that it's, uh, for the time being, we don't have good compensating mechanisms for social media. That's abundantly clear. Yeah. And, and in fact, what they, what he did talk about, you know, in addition to social media, he talked about like mobile phones and he called them a, a dopamine slot machine that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, you know, the more, um, that, that now there's more social media engagement on mobile phones than desktop and you get your push notifications and, you know, and you're, uh, there are so many people, it's like they get to the end of their feed and they're, they're pulling the reload button um, or pulling down the reload button, sort of like pulling on a slot machine uh, to get another uh, uh, dopamine jackpot. Yeah. I feel seen. <laughs> yeah. This is familiar for me. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like I have, uh, you know, as a result of this book um, and, you know, I, I've totally dumbed my phone down to like deleting apps, muting all notifications. The only time I get like my phone doesn't it's always on mute mm-hmm. or I mean, it's always on vibrate mode. Mm-hmm. And that uh, but with the fitness band that I wear, um, I will get vibrate vibrations for like particular things like calendar events or texts or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um to really like, and and I the other thing too is I went through like my LinkedIn. I don't know if you've gone through the LinkedIn app on the phone, but it is amazing how many like settings there are for like notifications. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my gosh, it is you know like oh I want a notification every time somebody likes something, and it's like <laughs> it's insane. Um, yeah, and then you know the other thing is you know he talks about boredom. Of like, you know, where boredom shouldn't be a bad thing and it, but the thing is, is that, that boredom often triggers this app use. And I, I fall guilty of that myself where it's like, I'm just sitting there and it's like, yeah, I've run out of stuff to do like on the weekend or something, especially now when you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, uh, do you, do you ever get that way where it's like, oh, I'm bored and you pull out your phone and try to, yeah. Before you know it, you wasted all this time. Yeah, yeah. of course. And, uh, you know, I find myself on a rotation, right? I go, go through, okay, let me just catch up on the news and let me catch up on the New York Times and, oh, oh let's see what the Washington Post is into. And then like, oh, and then Google News, that'll, that'll broaden my horizons. And um, yeah. then I say, okay, well, I've read all the news. So now let me go, let me go see what's going on with the New York Times crossword. And like, I'll mess with that for a while. And then I, and I, you know, go on this merry-go-round of apps. And by the time I've done the circuit, I can be like, Oh, something must've happened in the world since I last checked in. So let me check New York times. And I, you know, find yes. myself in this re- re- hit, Yeah. Pull the slot machine down again. Yeah. And, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you're, you're making me think too, that it, this is um, exactly the opposite of the guidance that I give Soren, right? Where he and I have this joke where if he tells me that he's bored, <clears throat> I tell him it's a gift. You're so yes. lucky to be bored because yeah. that, like boredom is the moment when, uh, when the creativity can start. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. like, why don't you go draw something? Why don't you go, uh, go outside and like make something in the backyard? Or, um, why don't you go compulsively check the New York times app 13 times an hour? 
Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. there's, I am full of rank hypocrisy when it comes to, when it comes to managing boredom. I'll admit that. Yeah. Well, and just like what you said, is it whenever you get bored, that's the time when you actually can have these, you know, like either do deep work or reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're being interrupted all the time, you never, you're like processing stuff as opposed to like reflecting on bigger things than, you know, this dopamine stimulus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever have to read Walden in uh, school? Yeah, of course. Of course I did. Yeah. What, what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was awfully nice, uh, that Thoreau could just, uh, freeload off of Emerson for that, for, for, <laughs> for all that time, have his mom bring him food. I thought that was pretty good. That's, that's a nice arrangement. <laughs> um, yeah. but in, yeah. but in seriousness, it's, uh, you know, there's a reason why we keep reading that book, right? Um, it's because mm-hmm. we know deep down that, um, what he is preaching in that book. And I think what is something that like today we would call mindfulness, right? Um, mm-hmm. just, uh, just the idea of slowing down, um, removing distractions, um, mm-hmm. kind of paying attention to the world around us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, I, I talked to my wife about it and she's like, Oh, I hated that book. And where <laughs> she loves to read and, you know, read, you know, but she just like, just hated it. Uh, where for me, it's like, wow. Uh, I, you know, I long for that day when I don't have to read stupid books in school and I could just sit in a cabin or whatever, you know, <laughs> it was almost the exact opposite, right? Yeah. Where it's like, wow, I can have this cabin in the woods and my pencils and make sure my pencils are sharp, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and it's the kind of thing. It's like, when I read it, it was like, I was really envious and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do that. But but I wonder, like, it's like, okay, finally get that cabin, finally get my pencils, they're all sharp, and then like five minutes later, it's like I can't handle this, and and you just, <laughs> right. you know, I got to do something. So I, I don't know. Yeah. But could could you ever handle that, or do you see the current shelter in place as sort of that uh, a forced time for reflection? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's a, even this weekend. Uh, you know, now that we're in. What, what is it? March 89th or something. Um, I, yes. I feel, um, at first I was doing, for example, I was doing chores around the house and like I always do, I was doing it while I was listening to podcasts, right? Cause I was like, good mm-hmm. use of time. Don't need to really use my brain, but I can like have somebody, um, you know, uh, have somebody, uh, talking to me while I'm, uh, while I'm doing laundry or, you know, cleaning the deck or whatever it is. And that, that worked for a while. And I noticed myself feeling, uh, well, feeling kind of disconnected or, or, or uneasy. Um, like I would kind of move from like a days of video calls at work, which is not unusual. And then, um, you know, then do the housework, making dinner, whatever with these podcasts. And then at the end of the day, I would feel like I never really got time for myself. And so this last weekend Mm -hmm. I deliberately went through all of my, you know, weekend cleaning routines and what have you without the headphones in. Uh, without listening to podcasts, just and tried to just focus on like doing the work and mm-hmm. a wildly different experience. Um, mm-hmm. I found that the time went by just as quickly, um, but I actually felt, uh, well, I guess because I was paying attention, it actually felt um, like I'd actually spent time with myself as opposed to spending time with um, Melvin Bragg on in our time on BBC podcasts or, yep. you know, whatever, right? 
Yeah, or, or jamming something into your head at 2x. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, just That's to right. consume as much as you can, and yeah. it, but you never get any mental breathers. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the other thing that um, he talked about in the book, which is another fascination of mine, is he, he talked about the Amish and Mennonites, and he called them the ultimate hackers. Um, because, like, you think that they are the types of people that reject all types of technology and all that, but um, what he says is that the technology is not meant to be avoided. It's, you're only supposed to avoid the technologies that can hurt the community. Hmm. So, like, they reject cars because you could visit others outside your community, or you have telephones and people can call people far away instead of focusing on the local community, or solar electricity is okay, but um, but the electric grid removes you from the community. And so did, um, did you ever interact with Amish or Mennonite people? Uh, my aunt for a while lived in a, lived near a Mennonite community. Um, and, uh, you know, nice people, good bakers, yeah. fond of canning. Is, is that is yeah. what I remember. I was young, so I, I didn't, but, uh, uh-huh. I've not spent, a, I've not, not spent a long time. Um, probably my closest relationship with, uh, with the Amish is the movie witness, right? Mm, with, uh, right. Ford. Yes. Yeah. 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 There. Um. Yeah. Because like where I'm at, like when I go from like the Akron area to um, a little bit further northeast in Ohio, there, there's a lot of Amish there, and also in the central part of Ohio, where you think, oh, Amish, that's all in Pennsylvania, but they're actually there too, and um, uh, Mennonite too, and so it's it's pretty wild that you know I would ride past them in my motorcycle and, you know, they're all waving and, and things like that. And it's pretty cool. And, you know, they're all, they're always like, they're either walking or, um, they'll have a scooter, but not a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, the, you know, so it's sort of like the scooters are like the bigger wheels, uh, like bicycle wheels, but, but no like pedal mechanical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're, they're all like on horse and buggy and things like that. Um, but then they'll still use like tractors and stuff for work and and everything. Um, it's, it's and I know too. Like a lot of times though, it's hit or miss where some of them will use cell phones for work, uh, yeah. but not at home. Right. Um, but I, you know, and this is you know for the people that know the Amish really well, um, you know, it it came from Germany where um, and and so what was wild is that there was this one time I I rode my motorcycle up to Lake Erie. And there was like an Amish family there, you know, going to the beach there. And I like, I'll, I'll ride my motorcycle up to the beach. I'll sort of like walk out to the sand, turn around, walk back, get on the motorcycle right away. But I still remember it is that there's this woman, Amish lady, um, young lady, uh, talking to her child and, and she just started talking German to him. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, what? Wait, whoa. You know, I was like, wait a minute. That makes absolutely no sense. But they're, you know, but they speak, um, uh, I guess, was it low German mm-hmm. um, is what they speak. And it, I didn't know that at all. It, it, it blew my mind. It was just so, like, alien to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it is, it, it's admirable. Again, you talked about envy earlier. Um, I really, it's, there's something very attractive about these, like, deliberate communities, right, where they've been, very yeah. thoughtful about what they're going to let in and what they're not going to let in. Um, yes. and it's, uh, I'm sure it comes with its own challenges, but, um, it seems like a pretty good way to kind of form an in-group and, and kind of create a community is by, um, 
yeah, again, being being thoughtful and deliberate about what you're what you are going to allow yourself to to use and take advantage of, right? Yep. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, Pure on Hulu? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So, um, so I'll put it this way: it's uh, it's like Breaking Bad with Mennonites, and <laughs> it's in Canada. Nice. That's great. Sold. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's actually pretty good. It's it, you know um, it you know if you're looking for a change of pace. Yeah, well, that's great. I'm into that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and um, there's another book that inside the book they mentioned is uh, there's a book called Lead Yourself First: Inspiring Leadership Through Solitude, and um, and it, I actually got the book yesterday. Um, uh, borrowed it from the library. And I, I just started going through it. And it's it's pretty interesting where it's written by, uh, it's co-authored by um, two people. One is a federal judge that would go off in his solitude to make judicial decisions and like go up to his cabin in upstate Michigan and, and you know, come up with legal opinions. And then there's another guy, the, co- the other co-author is um, a, uh, I, I believe he was an Iraqi uh, veteran where, you know, he would go for runs and, you know, without earbuds or anything like that. But, you know, like all the stuff that's going on in Iraq and, you know, he would just jog around the compound to help sort of process what's going on and, you know, as a leader and everything. So I I'm just started going through it, but it's, so far it's not a bad book. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, it's a, what's, you mentioned the Amish and the Mennonites earlier and now mentioning it's, there's kind of this through line. There's something almost uh, Puritan about it, um, in the in the sense of like uh, the the virtues kind of anchored in self discipline, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and kind of uh, well, it's it actually it's almost like a monastic tradition, right? Um, kind of removing mm-hmm. yourself from the outside world in order to kind of uh, in order to enrich yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it it like monastic is a great way to describe it too, where you know, like a lot of the monks will do, you know, very traditional things or or wash things, you know, with a washboard as opposed to a washing machine to sort of have that closeness with you know that it goes back to mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Of uh, you know being present as opposed to um, you know using technology as a labor saving device that frees you to have time to get consumed with things that matter less. Yes. Right. Right. Well put. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. And, and so like, have you done anything to adjust your social consumption or, um, you know, to, to rein that in or, or does it, is it a problem for you or, uh, you know, are you trying to limit stimulus on your, on your phone and everything? Yeah. So I've got my note. I've, my notifications are ruthlessly managed, um, mm-hmm. on, on all my devices. Um, I do find, uh, you know, for example, on my, on my iPad, which I primarily use for, um, uh, for reading, um, I've actually just, I just have do not disturb on permanently. Um, cause mm-hmm. I never want to see a notification on that. Right. Um, and getting yep. in my way. Um, I do, like I said earlier, I, I mean, I, I do find that I have to be more deliberate about my mindfulness because it is very, especially with the news changing so frequently and everything being awful. Um, I find myself, you know, refreshing a lot more than I, 
than I thought I did. And, um, you know, Apple helpfully will keep track of this for me and keep me honest on what my screen time looks like. Um, I was happy to see that after my, um, uh, in the last week, I think my, my screen time went down like six or eight hours. Um, which mm. is like, that's meaningful. Like that's, that means huge. That's, yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm after the kind of initial shock, I'm now settling into a new routine, which yeah, is uh, a little less connected probably. So at mm-hmm. least that's my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually yeah, no, more, I should say more, less connected, more present. Yeah. More thoughtful is probably a better way to put it because, um, it's also really important to, especially now to stay in touch with your friends and your family and things like that. So I, I feel like, um, uh, watching Netflix is materially different than, you know, getting on a video call with a friend. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's hard. You don't want to, you want to distinguish between those things when you're, when you're keeping yourself, uh, keeping yourself healthy. But yeah. 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 And one, one of the things in the book that it talked about was, um, you know, ask yourself why you're using an app and what value you get and do you get any value at it? Or is, and the other thing is you got to put, a bigger value on the attention you're giving it than the app itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're not getting that value, it's like, you got to get rid of the app. And that, that's where, you know, I did this a long time ago with Facebook mm-hmm. where it's like, I would go through it and it felt more like a chore. Yes. Um, and, and I'm like, yeah. And, and it was almost like the three strike rule that where I would ask myself, was this a good use of my time? And I'm like, no, okay. And then I, I did it again. And it's like, I asked again. And then by the third time, I'm like, nope, it's done. And, yeah. you know, I just got rid of it, logged out everywhere, deleted the, you know, histories and everything. And, you know, I have it if I need it, but, you know, I'll, I'll, you know it's like, I don't partake at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's a, it's a nice yeah. feeling. It's a nice feeling when you can do, when you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other thing, and here's where you're going to say, Hey, it's really good to be an academic, um, suggestion that, um, he came up with is, I don't know if he came up with it or, or somebody in the book or somebody he knows mentioned it, but, um, he had the idea of coming up with basically office hours of, um, you know, so somebody emails you or texts you or something like that. You want to say, Hey, that's a great question. Why don't you call me any weekday? Uh, at five thirty, which was his commute time, <laughs> and he could do you know, do it then. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty smart. Good for him, but not <laughs> realistic for me. You know. That's right. what, what do you think of that? Yeah, that sounds like the that sounds like the privilege of somebody who's who's generally the boss, right? Um, right. Like tenured. Yeah, somebody who's tenured can pull that off. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know of anybody in my life. Uh, who could either, uh, who could offer that as a reasonable, uh, solution or, uh, or not receive that in a terrible way. Like if I, you know, <laughs> I, that, yeah, that's not great. That's not great. Although I am sympathetic to the idea of office hours. So, um, one thing that I have been experimenting with, which has been hard to do for technical reasons, but, um, setting up office hours in my calendar so that, uh, when folks wanted a half hour of my time to talk about whatever it is, I could refer them to the office hours. And those were just times mm-hmm. during the week when I was always open. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's, I've had mixed success with that, but I, but in principle, I do like it because the, um, the unplanned work is then mm-hmm. bucketed into these office hours, which also means that it's constrained. 
Um, yes. Because when it's when it's when the system is working well, it means that okay, I can just block out. I know that four hours a week is going to be unplanned meetings, uh, but no more than four hours of unplanned meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting because you know in the book and the way I do it, it's almost the exact opposite where I, I schedule deep work time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is sort of like I, I put myself on airplane mode mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. But do you, do you ever, you know, like whenever you sort of do your mindful, uh, you know, uh, quiet time, do you ever have this fear of missing out of the urgent email message from your boss or, or something like that, that uh, nagging in the back of your mind? No, it's uh, my struggle with the, with creating the deep work time. And it's funny actually, cause my team at work, we've all, um, in part in response to the, to the COVID life, um, we've all agreed that like now's a really good time for us to kind of reset expectations and like each of us are, are creating kind of deep work time in our calendars. Mm, I'm okay. extremely into this. Um, yeah. and we all agreed that we were going to hold each other's time sacred, right? Like whatever time you chose in the calendar. And so what we did was, um, you go create an event, make it public, uh, so that people can see mm-hmm. what it is and then kind of conspicuously mark the time as off limits. Uh, so like me, I did, um, uh, I did, uh, big all cap letters, deep work, you know, for two hours. And then I use the emoji of the guy crossing his arms in front of him in the universal symbol for no or stop. Um, right. and so I just made a bunch of those, you know, made a bunch of those emojis on the thing. So when you see it in the calendar, it's very conspicuous that like, this is not time you're, you're allowed to touch. Um, and, uh, that I found very difficult to manage, um, because in the, past weeks where we've been experimenting with this, it seems like there's always something that overrides it. So it's less about my ability to, to sit in the deep work time. And it's more about my ability to defend the time itself. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but does, when you have that time penciled out, do you still have people violate that? No, no, no. I, uh, in general, no. Um, I, that hasn't, that hasn't really been the problem. I'd say the biggest problem is sitting in that time and figuring out what to do with it. So Mm -hmm. I could sit there and stare at a wall for two hours and that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Just spacing out for a while. That's probably pretty good. I do have a draw in myself to like, I want to make that time useful or I want to apply it to a project that I'm interested in or something like that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I do find myself getting wrapped around the axle on, uh, okay, how is it these precious two hours that I've carved out of the week, right? Um, where am I going to put it? Uh, and as you know, Dave, you can't always do the thing you want at the time you want to do it just because your brain isn't mm-hmm. always ready for that, right? Um, right. And so if, for example, I had a long uh, piece of writing that I wanted to do and I scheduled it for the afternoon, I can already tell you ahead of time that it's not going to happen um, just because mm-hmm. I find it very difficult to write after lunch. Um, it's just part of my mm-hmm. circadian rhythms or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but even if I do have time blocked out in the morning and I want to write it, I may not be ready, prepared, uh, have the necessary focus in order to write the thing that I want to write. Um, and so what I instead start doing is, you know, I take this time that I've set aside and then I spend the first few minutes of it going through my to-doist, um, somebody ring a bell. Mm -hmm. Uh, I go through Todoist and figure out, okay, what is the what is the what is the thing that I am most interested in solving right now um, on my list, you know, my considerable list of things to do, and kind of take it that way. Um, so not quite, I think, what Cal Newport has in mind, but 
Um, uh, so it hasn't really worked out for me as, as well as I would like. I'm really, I'm kind of, frankly, I'm, I think I'm kind of struggling with it. I think part of it is so much of my work is lots of tiny pieces of piecework. It's rare at this point and the kind of work that I'm doing now where I have something that requires me to sit and write thoughtfully for two hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, you know, uh, creation isn't necessarily, you know, you can do creation during that time, but even, uh, personal development is, you know, learning something is a good thing where, you know, that's where it's like, if I get a, a quiet moment of like, holy cow, I have an hour that's unscheduled, you know, and I have, you know, quote unquote, nothing to do. I'll, I'll pull out my uh, personal development plan of like, oh yeah, what are the things that it's like, I want to be working on. And, and I, I try to have that very handy, and and it's like yeah I want to knock out another module and this or that training thing and and right. I found that to be helpful. Oh, you're right. Yeah, going back to a going back to a personal development plan and using that as your menu. I, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it's and the development plan is good too because it's sort of like with my boss it creates this it, it creates an accountability device for me. Yes. As, you know, because I verbalize it, I've told somebody other than myself and I, I need to, I need to execute on it. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Yeah. And the, and the other thing I've been doing too, is it, um, you know, I, and I, I could have easily put in, you know, got a motorcycle helmet with Bluetooth earbuds and you know, listen to music or podcasts. And, but to me that would defeat the whole purpose. Yeah. And, um, so I love that quiet time and, and it was even getting to the point where, you know, it's like I'm sitting in a doctor's office or eating lunch or sitting on the metro or, you know, walking my dog. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll put my phone away and just pay attention to what's around me. And it's mm-hmm. I found that to be sort of it's a great way to let these background processes work. Yes. And uh, yeah, I found that to be very helpful. Yeah. The um, uh, many times in my life I've taken advantage of the kind of the walking meditation. Um, mm-hmm. That's a yeah, that's. Yeah, enormously helpful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we solved it. Good. Crap. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, Gunner, if people need to, um, you know, get a hold of one of these uh, blinking eye dyes, um, where, where do we need to send them? <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Intervention hotline. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not okay. <laughs> Um, folks, uh, should go visit, um, their, their, their homepage, which is, um, uh, dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Gunner. Well, sounds good. And we'll catch everybody next time. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks everyone.